following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode, episode 19 to be exact, of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am, as always, am EZD, Derek Jaws. I am joined this week, thank God I am not alone and talking to myself for an hour, by Austin, our resident Stat Man. Austin, what's up, buddy? going on buddy always happy to make it out of to talk to yourself listen i talk to myself enough on days that i'm not recording it it's not good that i have to do it sometimes on a podcast that's meant to be hosted by more than one so we are here week seven is in the books and i have a friend to talk to about it and i'm ecstatic so let's <laughs> without further ado because it's a late wednesday recording session here and uh, i feel like i've been up for two days and you got to be up early tomorrow so let's get it in let's get it started First things first, an ugly W for the Bills against the lowly Jets, 18 to 10, all all points scored by Tyler Bass. And I don't think it's a statement that everybody wanted it to be. No, of course not. I mean, that's just I listen, I'm one of them. I thought for sure this game could have been 35-3. Um, even even our defense not playing well this season. I thought they might have scored a little bit on us. I didn't think anybody thought it was going to be an 18 to 10 game. That was not what I expected. No, and the, uh, the 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 weird part about it is, you know, you look at it, and there was a uh, a touchdown to I believe Gabe Davis that was called back on what was a really a non illegal formation illegal formation call, mm-hmm. and you know that right there that pass alone starts pushing Josh toward the four hundred yard mark. He had over three hundred as it was. Uh, we stalled out in the red zone a few times with some untimely penalties and stuff like that. And it just, it, it wasn't the prettiest game, but you know, sometimes you got to win ugly. You hope you don't have to win ugly against a bad team, but most of your ugly wins don't come against good teams. So, you know, I think that same win against the chiefs team, we're considering it a good win, but because it's against the Jets, it's an ugly win. Right. And, uh, you know, like I said, that, that game was not as close as the score would have you believe. No, for sure. And that's one of those things that at the end of the day, uh, a W is a W and it doesn't matter if you win by 50 or by one, obviously I think we prefer the 50, but um, I'll take five and two all day. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just one of those things. It was an ugly game. And, and to be honest, it was one of the things I think that concerned me the most. And, and I had several going into this game with the defense hold up and you know, what, what was our offense going to look like um, after Allen has not been phenomenal the last couple of games, um, our lack of running game, it's kind of mystifying to me that I understand that, you know, we were one of the highest rushing attacks in the league the last couple of years. And I'm not saying we have to be number one again. Um, but Josh Allen's our leading rusher periodically, regularly, almost every game. You know what I mean? That kind of, that baffles me that between Moss and Singletary, we just can't find a way to get that running game going. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like, I've been attributing this to, you know, the same thing as like, you're seeing the slow start from the defenses, the lack of, live reps leading up to the season um you know when you're you're we're seeing a year where you know there's more scores in the 30s than there are you know in the 20s and the teens every week Mm -hmm. i I think i'm pretty sure there were seven games this week that went at least one team scored 30 points um it, it 
scoring is on an all-time high this year and a lot of that has to do with again you're not going full tilt during the week leading up to leading up to a game you know you're not tackling your own players you're not hitting your own players so you know who's getting full speed reps is your receivers you know your quarterback and your receiver are getting full speed reps your your secondary is getting full speed coverage but if they go up and they're not going to get the ball they're not tackling your receiver all that often or they're not going for that cleanup hit so mm -hmm. those guys are getting full speed reps your running game not so much because you're not trying to get your lineman hurt you're not trying to get your running backs banged up you know because you want them to be able to be fresh on sunday and i think you're i think that's part of what we're seeing um singletary said last week that it feels like our running game just isn't on the, isn't on the same page yet mm -hmm. which if that's the case and we start running the football really well that would be scary um, right. with how potent our passing game can be. And it would make our passing game more potent. Um, but I mean, looking at the team stats from the game, I mean, the Jets had 190 yards, 186 of them came in the first quarter or in the first half. Oh yeah. They did next to nothing. The second half. I mean, four yards in two, in, in a half of football, they gained four yards. I mean, that's, that's a turnaround if I've ever seen one. For sure. And what it's yeah, and, and I don't mean to be devil's advocate and be the naysayer here, but is it a turnaround or is it jet the Jets? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Well, I mean, they're they were on pace for what what's that 320 yards or something like that? Mm -hmm. You know, 186 times two if they if they kept the same pace three, and three three sixty. Yeah. I mean, then they didn't get to two. So right. that I, I it may be, I mean, it's the Jets, but that's still a good turnaround. Um, I mean, we had 422 yards total, 296 in the air, which is weird because Allen threw for more than 300 yards. 307, yeah. That that's an interesting stat line. 307, but somehow we only had 296 passing yards. Weird. Well, when you factor in sacks and stuff like that, it's like that's fair. Yeah. Up the team, team yards. It's um, really speaking. Speaking of sacks, uh, welcome back, Jerry Hughes. Yeah, I mean, where you been, guy? Man, having a day. Seriously, like what a. What a game to come back from. I mean, I, I can honestly say that Jerry Hughes is our game MVP. I mean, without him, we don't win that game. It's yeah, him and uh him and Mr. Bass. You know, if uh Mr. Bass doesn't hit six out of eight, which I'm not happy about six out of eight, but again, people are people are all over all over the social media machine bashing my man. And I mean, I get it because you want better and some of his misses have been bad. We've also seen some of his misses be the whole uh Bojangles not being able to put the laces out. Mm -hmm. and some of them he just pushes but again he's a rookie kicker with a big leg and uh the jaguars proved that there's really not another kicker out there this year so uh, right it's... We're, we're a little stuck um for those of you on the house money train he uh he was 0 for 2 with jacksonville before getting hurt and getting cut so i don't know uh, if his, wanna... and his field goals were long too i mean it's not like he was making them from 53, 48, 47, 40. You know what I mean? Like the, so yes, he had a couple of misses, but it's not like we, we lined up for an extra point and he shanked two of those. And then we had a chip shot from the five and he missed that one. You know what I mean? Like he made some not routine field goals. <laughs> they, they, they weren't automatic. Yeah. And uh, the, so the fun, the funnest stat from this game was the first time since 1940, I believe I saw, that a team did not score a touchdown and did not punt. That is weird. That is, <laughs> that's definitely weird. I mean, again, but that is just 
indicative of this game was not nearly as close as the, as the 18 to 10 score would have you believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, our third down efficiency wasn't as, you know, as good as it had been, you know, we were three for 11, but I mean, 26 first downs, we ran 72 plays. They had 17 first down only ran 51. Um, we had six sacks. They punted four times. We didn't punt at all. Um, time of possession, 34, 33 to 25, 27. We had 11 penalties for 106 yards. I mean, that's that, that it's a whole length of a football field. And then some, I mean, yeah. That, that, those will kill you. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, anybody will tell you that. That right there. I mean, that 106 yards takes takes us up to 500 and change on the day. Like, right. you know, that this game was not was not close as, you know, it was not as close as the the angry naysayers would have you say. Again, I wish we would have put up 30 at least on the Jets, but a win's a win. And sometimes, like I said, you got to win ugly. Yeah. Speaking of ugly wins. The nobody, nobody's trying to win football games. The NFC East. I'm, I'm going bold claim. We are going to see an NFC champion, an NFC East champion, that is going to host a playoff game at six and ten. I mean, I think the current record is seven and nine by yeah. the Seahawks of yesteryear. Yeah, the uh, the Marshawn Lynch rumble. That's the one right there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm calling the Eagles at six and 10 hosting a playoff game. Cause I was, I was going to, I was going to say it was going to be the Cowboys, but with them being on their third quarterback, I don't know if they're winning another game this year, which you just feel bad for them. You know, with that, be with you know, Dak. Do, 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 do you? I don't know. I don't feel that bad for the Cowboys. I don't know. That's <laughs> okay. I feel bad for Andy Dalton. <laughs> I, I don't either. I, although we had this conversation, I said that Prescott was unbelievable and that there's no way that Dalton was going to fill his shoes. And he didn't. Well, to be, to be fair, he had like a game and a quarter before he, you know, somebody ripped his head off and gave him Forrest Gump syndrome, but that's beside the point. Now listen, 100%. But it's also one of those things where it's not like he just came in and lit the world on said, fire. Correct. Um, another ugly W was the Browns over the Bengals. You know, and divisional rivals, their division games are always tough. And we, you know, again, we saw it the Bills and the Jets, the Browns and the Bengals. You know, for some reason, the Bengals always play tough in their division after looking foolish against other people. And, I mean, just – I remember watching the game on Sunday and being like, oh, look, Baker's 0 for 5 with a pick. And the next time I looked at the TV, Baker threw for 295 and 5. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, he he completed uh... – what is it? Tw- 21 out of his next 22 passes or something stupid like that. That's- yes. Yes. That is a, a, a funny story. Baker's stats when Odell's not on the field are insane. And you know what o- is, that happens a lot though. You know what? I think that's like a Matthew Stafford thing from back in the day. Cause like when you try to force the ball to Megatron, you force the ball to Odell back of you, for, you know what I mean? It's a lot of times you're not just taking what the defense gives you. You're, trying to force something that's not there. Very true. And I I was having this conversation and I was, you know, it it was kind of a toss up. We were me and uh, one of my coworkers is an avid Browns fan. And he was telling us that uh, the, uh, we were talking about this exact thing. And I said, you know, could it be a thing where Odell, you know, he's had some, some tantrum problems in New York, um, you know, 
And could it be a thing where Baker is worried about getting him the ball because he doesn't want him losing his, you know, losing his shit on the sidelines. And he said, no, I think it's more of a fact that Odell is so good that he holds the ball. Like, okay, Beckham's going to get open. He's going to get open. He's going, okay. He's not open yet. Now I'm looking at my second read and it's too late. Right. You know, or again, he's trying to force it just, you know, because he knows he's a good receiver and can make a play for him. So that's the, uh, it's just, it's interesting to see like when Beckham's not on the field, how good Baker looks. And (laughs) I mean, again, Odell's on the Odell's on the field. Oh, for five with a pick. Odell comes off the field and he looks like Pat Mahomes. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, certainly had a good game. And really, it's I think it's it, it's not an outlandish thing to say that Odell might have played his last game for the Browns. Um, you know, he's that knee injury now and he's done for the year. Like that's at 28 going on 29. He's very much on the downward arc of, of where wide receivers finish their careers, even the good ones. Very true. Um. The, uh, the Saints-Panthers game I thought was pretty good. That was, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater going 23 for 28 for 254 in, in a pair, and his counterpart going 29 for 36 for 287 in a pair, and Taysom Hill going one for one for no <laughs> yards and no touchdowns. I, he yeah, also, but he did, have, he did have one rush for six yards, so it's yes. not like he was completely irrelevant, just mostly irrelevant. Yeah, and then Drew Brees had three three rushes for two yards and a score. So, right. why why is Taysom Hill ever on the field again? Uh, trickery, gadget plays, chicanery, uh, being, being being cute. I guess I don't know a lot of this stuff. Wasting my fantasy time. That's what uh, he's yeah. doing because he That's only nice. gets put in the red zone, and it pisses me off. Honestly, I'm really and the, and the story from this game is no Michael Thomas. They benched him. That he was totally healthy, and they benched him for this game for again. Benched him again. That's not the first time, right? So he allegedly had a stomach bug one week. Then the next week he came back and he got in a fight at with like, Chauncey Gardner, their safety, who ironically led the team in tackles that game. At like, so he gets benched, and now he's benched again. Like, well, what are you doing, guy? Like. There, I, there have been reports. I mean, that have been denied, but that they're looking to trade him and stuff like that. And I, if they were, uh, I don't know, 31 other teams would be interested. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know how you trade the guy who's maybe the best receiver in football. Right. You know, and I, I don't know if I would put 31 other teams on that list because a, you have teams that are just so loaded at receiver that there's just not room to get another guy, the football and B, you know, there are teams that do care about the locker room side of it. And if you're, throwing hands at practice and not just, and just not a good team guy. You're a me, me, me guy. I mean, I can tell you the, uh, the boys, the boys at one bills drive would not be too interested in that type of player, despite how talented he is. And we've shown that time and again, which, which is a fair point, but I, I think on the other side, if the NFL has taught us anything, if you're super talented, we will give you a job. <laughs> oh, so, absolutely. might be the best receiver in football. Somebody, like somebody will go get him. Right. You know, uh, you could, I could see, you know, the Browns maybe making a play there to replace their number one guy that just went down. Um, I mean, there's, you know, the Texans need another receiver. Still, I mean, there's, there's, there's people who need them. There's also teams that you look at, like, you know, I could probably tell you that the, the Ravens probably don't need another receiver. 
Um, the they, Bucks they, they don't, they don't, don't throw to him anyways. Right. <laughs> um, the Bucks don't need another receiver. Although that would be interesting. Oh my God. That'd be disgusting. That's honestly, you know, you know what I think? That's not even the, where my first thought went. Uh, the Cardinals. Could you imagine having Michael Thomas on one side and DeAndre Hopkins on the other? Like, I, yeah, and then and then some some jabroni named Larry Fitzgerald in your slot. Oh, and right. then Christian Kirk, who's no slouch, on the other side. Right. I mean, and you know, with with Drake going down, they might need uh, they might need more weapons over there. Yeah, I mean, only if Michael Thomas can run the ball to the backfield. Otherwise. Yeah, no, no kidding. Well, maybe they'll give Kirk a shot at that. I, that fine with that too. I, it's shifty. He moves around. They. Everybody does that, what we do with Isaiah McKenzie. They do that end around where they flip it to him or hand it to him or, or he, like the quarterback catches it and just drops it. And the guy, right as the guy's running by, that jet sweep action, everybody does that now. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we find a way to do it really well until the one time we do it that it matters the most and it doesn't work well. So, you know, right. it is what it is. But uh, <laughs> going going back to the, the, other, the other NFC East showdown from the week. So – before we get to the Washington football team dismantling the Cowboys, these are the standings in the NFC East. The Eagles are in first place at two, four and one. Then Washington and the Cowboys are tied at two and five and only a game and a half out, only a game and a half out one in six, the giants at one in six. Uh, How can we, can the NFC West get a second playoff spot? Right. And just, just forget about it because these guys, I mean, I've never seen four teams like actively trying to not win as, as often as these guys are. The, the, the worst part is like, I think they are trying to win. I just don't think they can <laughs> until they play each other. And then, I mean, it's a war of attrition at that point. Right. That's just one of the, I mean, they, they've been hit by, really some some bad luck i mean the, the giants losing saquon barkley and not that one man makes a team but i mean he again might be the best running back in football uh, mccaffrey whatever but i mean barkley is very very good and he goes down for the year so the guy through who your offense ran through is now you know no longer there um the eagles at one point had one healthy receiver at practice uh, yeah one you shift seven on your roster you had one guy at practice who was healthy so their whole receiving core is decimated and then we talked about the Cowboys losing Dak and now have lost Dalton and on to some guy I've never heard of. as Ben DiNucci. That's what I'm saying, right? Ben DiNucci. He sounds like a Cowboys quarterback, right? Who is he? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna so to call, certainly I'm gonna call my buddy Earn and see if he knows anything about Ben DiNucci. I mean, ironically, the team that has had the, the least injuries is probably Washington. Which I so that just makes them a normal bad team. Like the other teams, like maybe you could make an excuse, but they're the only team who yeah, no, no, we like, planned this. This is our full roster. This is what we were competing with. Oh, okay. Yeah. And mean, meanwhile, Washington doesn't know what to do at quarterback because you you, you bench Haskins because you know she, he killed her husband, whacked him or something. Cause I'll make <laughs> that reference every time I say the guy's name. Um then you start Kyle Allen. He gets hurt. You put in Alex Smith. He finishes the game, despite the fact that Allen could come back. And then Kyle Allen goes and starts the next game. Uh, and like, there's reports that, you know, Haskins misses the next game because of a stomach bug. And then like, but you know, then riverboat Ron, like, Oh, I haven't given up on him yet. Like what? I, I don't know what's going on there. Although I do think I could run that team better. 
Yeah, it's it, it's tough, and I think you know Ron Rivera is a lot of coach speak there. Um, the reports that I've heard are that he worked very hard, Haskins that is, in, in training camp, and he and he busted his butt to 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 make the team and to, to be that leader, to be that captain in the locker room, and to be that starting quarterback. And then as soon as he got named starter, he took his foot off the gas and just got lethargic and lazy with things. And not to make this reference because I don't think he's quite this bad, but went full Jamarcus Russell on us where he just didn't care. And he's right. not studying and he's not looking at game film. And now he's not even dressing for games. Like, how did you go from starting quarterback to healthy scratch? That's, yeah. that's pretty quick. That's, that's tough to do. I, literally in a week. And I mean, at, at that point, you're not even helping yourself get a job next year because there are teams that could use a guy, right? you know, to even come in and compete for a starting job at some level. And I, how do you I mean, Kyle Allen's a career backup and and Alex Smith is on one leg. Really? You couldn't beat those guys. All right. I like, maybe you don't deserve to be the starting quarterback. Well, then. I don't know. Even worse. You did beat them and then you lost it. Right. Like in a division where three wins get you in first place. Like, I, I don't know why you don't do it. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're, a, you're like a court, like a half game out. Like you're, if it's, if it wasn't for that tie, there'd be a three-way tie at the top. With right. two win, with two wins, embarrassing. Oh, if I had a garbage can handy, I would kick it and tell you how that it's fucking embarrassing. No, that's a, that's a shout for you, Letterkenny fans out there. Um, the Packers did pretty well against the Texans. I think the way we all kind of thought the Packers would do. The Texans are kind of a bad football team, but only kind of. I don't really well, want to talk take about them. mis misrun franchises yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I think Bill O'Brien leaving helped that team across the board. No, there's no way it didn't. I mean, you shopped again, one of the best receivers in the league for a bag of Patriot style deflated footballs. You know, with and the, an injured and running and back. I can, I can understand that if they were like, Hey, listen, this was a salary cap decision that we didn't have the room to pay him 18, $19 million a season. Um, so we traded him at 28. We let somebody else have one and a half years of good production before he starts to decline and they have to pay him, you know, 20 million a season in years where he's not good. Um, but you traded David Johnson, who was making 15 million dollars himself and you settled yourself with that contract anyways. So I have no idea what the thought process was there for a running back that had 14 carries for 42 yards and yep. also added four catches for 42 yards. So 84 yards on 18 touches and a touchdown. I guess it's not terrible, but when Randall Cobb is your leading receiver, you're probably missing, missing your boy, you know, yeah, because, for sure. Cause how do you not miss D hop? Everybody does. Uh, I can tell you that Watson is probably missing him, even though he's, you know, 29 for 39 for 302 or 309 and two, I should say again because that's what the man does also tacking on 38 yards on the ground um but i mean i'm looking through like randall cobb brandon cooks duke johnson david johnson will fuller and kenny stills is who he's throwing to none of them broke 100 yards that just means he spreads the ball around that's yeah yeah (laughs) that 309 yards went to six guys terrific (laughs) i'd rather I'd rather have it go to five and one of them go for over hundred yards. I, maybe. That's I mean, just me. s- simply look to the other team in that game. Devonte Adams, 13 catches for 196 yards and two scores. They literally did just that. Right. <laughs> we'll just keep throwing to the same guy. Cause apparently you can't cover him. 
and for the record, six dudes did touch the football for the Packers there. It's just that Adams did almost all of it. And then Jamal Williams had 37 yards. Robert Tanyan had 32. Mercedes Lewis, who I didn't realize was still playing football, had one catch for nine yards. Malik Taylor had two for six and a score. And Jace Sternberger had one for three and a score. I mean, those guys are household names. I don't know how you don't know who those guys are. Yeah, for the 40 <laughs> people that are able to go to a game at Lambeau right now. Yep. Uh, what a weird year, by the way. Oh, it's, def- it's definitely a weird year. It's odd because you know what? It, it fakes me out every week because I never know if a stadium has real fans or it's crowd noise. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? I'm like, are there people there? Like, it's a mixture of fake noise and 1,200 people screaming at the top of their lungs. I, I don't ever know. Uh, it's very odd. Speaking of very odd, how about the Falcons scoring a game losing touchdown this week? Uh, it's very, very difficult to do. And a lot of the reports are like, and I love the video, I think I saw on Bleacher Report of Matt Ryan telling Todd Gurley repeatedly, don't score. Get the first down. Do not score. And Gurley goes, yeah, and like nods his head, like, all right, I won't do it. And then he runs in for a touchdown. Like, 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 dude, you had one job. We just talked about this. And, and don't get me wrong. I understand, like, you're programmed game time, game speed. You're going, you plant the foot, you make the break, you go, you're in. And all of a sudden, your brain has to tell you, like, don't do that. And you saw it. You saw it clear as day. The, oh, my God, don't do this. And he tried to slam on the brakes and just couldn't stop his momentum enough. And the ball broke the plane. And then the Lions went down and scored and won the football game. (laughs) Like, all you needed to do was just stop and we kneel it out and we win. And instead the lions go and take another game from the Falcons that they had a lead in the fourth. Like, what are you doing? Uh, There's going to be some interesting like conundrums here at the end of the season. So, so not to to switch gears into kind of like Debbie lineups here, but you know, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson is the top QB prospect coming out of the draft this year. Most likely he's a junior. He'll most likely come out, but you get teams like the Jets who already have Sam Darnold and the Falcons who already have Matt Ryan. Like, like the, some of the worst teams in football. I, Deshaun Watson. Like, none of those teams are taking a quarterback, which, like, leads me to believe, all right, so which which team is giving up, you know, three first-round picks, two seconds, and a third next year to move up to take – you know what I mean? And the, the, be ca- the Cowboys the are. Because your bottom-tier teams right now looking through – the Giants are one and six. The Vikings are one and five. The Falcons are one and six. The Jets are zero oh and seven. The Bengals are one five and one. Again, they just got Burrow. As you say, like quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Like there's guys and, on all those teams. And and the Jags have Minshew. There, uh, the Jags and the Texans are both at one and six. One has Minshew, which is probably the best bet for like what you would call a replaceable guy. Mm-hmm. because right. he's he's just Agreed. average at best right now um yep. and i mean some of that could be the team around him i mean joe burrow is throwing to three or four very good receivers you know deshaun watson is a very very good quarterback um i mean darnold is flashes of brilliance and then you realize you know, you know what jets. wouldn't surprise me there with the jets is if we see something like what happened to josh rosen 
I mean, maybe not into obscurity where he's on his third team in three years and now he's backing up Tom Brady, but something where like, hey, we have the number one overall pick. We think that Trevor Lawrence is better than Sam Darnold and we're going to trade Sam Darnold to uh, Denver or he goes to Jacksonville or do you know what I mean? Like some other quarterback needy team um, and the Jets just start over with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, as somebody who's in the division is that, I'm, I'm hoping they stick to their guns with Sam Darnold. <laughs> I don't need a number one overall pick quarterback coming the AFCs. He can go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, so looking at that, like how funny would it be if their plan was to go with Trevor Lawrence? So they shop Sam Darnold to like the Vikings because the Vikings, like everybody's, everybody's old backups. And like Trevor Lawrence is like, I'm going to go back to school for a year because I don't want to play for the Jets. Right. I listen, he has that option. And I, and I think I've heard that from people that that stuff out of his camp was, Hey, listen, you do not want to go to New York. Adam Gase is not good. They're not set up for success. Uh, stay here. Just go win another national championship, which if that's the worst thing that happens to you, I think you're doing okay. I, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I just, if I'm him, I don't know what else I have to prove or what else I have to gain by staying in college another year. I mean, he's, he's the guy. Yeah, again, other than not having to play for the Jets. Correct. I was uh, weirdly surprised at the outcome of the Steelers-Titans game because early on, this game was out of hand. Oh, yeah, I thought the Steelers were going to win in a landslide, and the Titans have a nice never-say-die attitude. Well, you know, they have this nice never-say-die attitude. Uh, Three picks by Ben Roethlisberger down the stretch don't help. Correct. Um. I mean, I, you got to wonder, you know, did they start playing don't lose football? Like kind of that prevent, prevent defense because it's, I mean, what, 24 to seven at half. And you're like, okay, we're going to just, you know, run the football, milk some clock. Don't let big chunk plays happen. And then that's eh, third and something pick. Oh, damn it. That's eh, third and something pick. Damn it. Like, and all of a sudden, oh, well, there's, there's 10 points in the third and we only got three and now it's, you know, it's 27 to 17. And then they, you know, they go down, they score another, another touchdown and Hey boys, we got a football game here. Uh, I don't know. I just, you know what? I mean, I, I think it's one of those situations where I think the Titans are a very talented football team. Um, and I think when people talk about the best teams in the AFC, I think they are routinely forgotten about. And then all of a sudden they do something miraculous and you're just like, oh, oh that was interesting. It's like, well, yeah, they, they're doing it all the time. Like, I mean, they went to the AFC championship last year. They're, they're not slouches. I, you know I mean? it's, they're a good football team. You know, and it's funny you say that because like, I look at this thing, like, I look at things like they handled the bills incredibly. Mm-hmm. And then the next week they come out and they're in, an overtime game with the tight or the Texans who we just said, aren't really that great. And you ask yourself, like, how does that happen? Well, like, Oh, well, you know, any, anybody should have that type of game against a team. They had 18 days to prepare for. Right. And you know, then, well, this is what happens when you only have a week to prepare for a team is you're not that good. Well, you know, either the Steelers aren't as good as six and oh says they are. And they're in the same, like, that same realm as the Titans of they're good, but they're not great or the Titans really are great. And 
you know, they just didn't match up well against the Texans or something. I don't know. It's head to head is hard, but it's just, I have so many questions with these two teams because, you know, you can look at the Steelers and they haven't beat anybody fantastic until the Titans, you know, the Titans look great against the bills and then look very beatable against the Texans. It's just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't have answers and I want answers. And any given Sunday, man, it's a movie. Like they said it. (laughs) It's the the title. Damn it. That's what I'm saying. You you didn't have to get past the cover of the the movie at Blockbuster. I know it's a very old sentence, but that happened. It is a very old sentence. Family video called they're pissed. (laughs) Another company that's going out of business. I think they're doing, they're, they're, they're struggling. Tom Brady does look like he sucks, huh? Yes, it's painful. I so badly wanted him to be so terrible, and it just has not happened. But I mean, I mean, kudos to Bruce Arians in the in the front office there in Tampa because they have just assembled, uh, I don't know, some of the best talent across the NFL on one team. Go figure. I, it's just, you know, and I, I, some of that, and I got, I, I don't like making excuses for Tom Brady, but you go from playing for one of the best coaches that's ever lived to who's finally having a, a bad year with a quarterback that he's not turning into a pro bowler somehow. Right. And, you know, you go from that to playing with basically an all-star team. Like you, I mean, you may as like your offense, the offense around that man may very well as just be, that could be a pro bowl, a pro bowl f- uh, starting five. Right. Like that's disgusting, but you know. They they truly do have one of those situations where like who do you cover? Yeah. Who do you pay attention to? Because a different guy is going to beat you every week. Yeah. And honestly, and, it, as good as their their offense is, I I think their defense might honestly be the better side of the ball. It sure seems that it, way. It, it sounds it? crazy to say, but it that just kind of seems that way. It really does, and that's scary because that's the type of shit that wins you Super Bowls. And I don't want to see Brady win a Super Bowl. I just don't. Yep, I mean, their defense is stout. They're getting interceptions. They're getting turnovers. They're getting pressures. I mean, JPP is coming back into form. Uh, they, they draft Antoine Winfield Jr., who's performing very well. Uh, Carlton Davis and, and Jamal Dean, like, had a pick six the other day. I mean, like, everybody is performing. And I know that Tom Brady can make everybody on the offense better, but when the offense is clicking, the defense just kind of can pin its ears back and just do its job. And uh, they've been very much doing their job. They have not been letting him down. I mean, that, that that we're talking about a team that like so many people were talking about the powerhouse that was the Packers and the Bucks made them look stupid. Oh, yeah. And yep, it's one of those things. And it's the defense again, shutting down Aaron Rodgers. And if you can shut down a Hall of Famer, you're probably doing okay for yourself. And But we're also talking about a Buccaneers team that lost to the Bears. He said inquisitively. Again, any of it's on the Bears are the worst five and two team out there. I don't know. Like they're so bad. <laughs> but like, like I don't know how they keep winning games. They're not their offense is bad. That's true. Their de- that defense is still is still solid. But uh no need to really cover the Chiefs dismantling the Broncos. We all kind of saw that coming. Um oh, come on, man. I thought the Broncos had a shot at that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, the Broncos have a shot at beating the Patriots every week. So that's, that's, you know, good for them. Yes, they they could do that. That's okay. That's one to hang your head on. They beat Bill Belichick. Keep the game ball. I have to ask, 
who's better, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. At this point, it it really does look like a dead heat. Like Uh, they, they are one and two all time rookie statistical leaders right now. Like at this point in the career, no rookie has done better than Justin Herbert, except for Joe Burrow. Right. That's disgusting with some of the rookies that we've had come out the last couple of years. I I mean, rookies ever like Peyton Manning was a rookie at one point. You know what I mean? Like Russell Wilson was a rookie at some point. You know what I mean? Like these people came on play right away. And these two guys are really quite disgusting. They have been doing quite well. I mean, like, so listen, listen to this stat line 27 for 43 for 347 and three touchdowns with no interceptions. Oh, also, and furthermore, nine carries for 66 yards on a score. This dude accounted for 407 yards for enough. It's more than that. It's 413 yards and four touchdowns. That's disgusting. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those things like, so, so this tells me a, a few different things. Um, Anybody who says, hey, your quarterback has to sit, right? He's got to sit behind. He's got to learn. He's got to sit behind a guy. Uh, It's just not true. You either have it or you don't. I think it's very, very clear that Herbert and Burrow, just whatever it is, that that indistinguishable defining quality that, that coaches and scouts are always looking for, that you're trying to give a player essays and questions and what kind of serial do you like in the morning, like whatever that process is. They have it. Um, and if you don't have a guy who has it, you are always on the lookout for it. And which kind of circles back around to our Jets conversation earlier. If they, Sam Donald's a very good quarterback. If he doesn't have it, whatever that is, and you think Trevor Lawrence does, that'll be, it'll be take a, take a hike, Sam. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go with Trevor. That's just what it is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, here's a fun trivia question. What is the name of Justin Herbert's backup? Tyron Taylor? Easton Stick. Oh, that's a no. trick question because he technically was the third string quarterback. <laughs> very, very true. He was one for one for four yards and then uh, had, where is it? It's right here. Hold on. Uh, had one rush for a negative two yards. So he he got to throw what appears to be the a potentially a first down to put the game out of reach and then got to kneel on it for the victory formation. So he is negative two rushing yards on the game. <sighs> Easton stick. What a name. That's like duck Dodgers or whatever the guy's name was from last year for the, for the Steelers. Duck, duck dynasty. Uh, duck, duck Devlin. Was <laughs> no. it Devlin, Dev, Devlin Hodges? We were, well, I think it was duck Hodges. Wasn't it? I don't know. It was yeah. Duck something. Wasn't it his, his nickname though? It's, it is. It is Devlin Hodges. Yes. So we, we got there eventually. Listen, I'm, I am 100 on the point of one name fuck up a week. So there it is, Duck Dodgers and the 21st Century or whatever the hell that old cartoon was. And yeah, moving on. The 49ers look like the exact opposite team when they played the Patriots that they were when they played the Dolphins, which confuses the crap out of me this year. I love to see it. It it comes down to matchups, man. I I know it does. People just match up real well. 
but the Niners have 900 injuries. No, they really do. And they're all on the, on the defense and running backs like that's Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, so, so much so that, so Raheem Mostert is hurt again. And they're so worried about abusing their backup running backs that I believe their primary backup is Jarek McKinnon who had two touches in garbage time because some undrafted rookie took the load that week and just ran all over the Patriots. You know what? And I, I, I think that's the, the genius of the Shanahan family. And I say that because as good as Kyle Shanahan is, his father is a hall of fame coach and one of the greatest ever. You know what I mean? I, I mean, Mike Shanahan took Terrell Davis and made him unbelievable. And then he made, you know, Clinton Portis a guy and like and all these unbelievable running backs year after year after year. But now, you know, Kyle Shanahan made Devontae Freeman a household name. He left, uh, haven't heard from Devontae Freeman since. You know what I mean? And now he takes any guy on any given Sunday on Sam Fran and just turns him into a pro bowler. It's insane. Yeah, like, and the guy's name is Jeffrey Wilson. 17 carries for 112 and three. Oh, and then he got hurt and Jamichael Hasty took over and he had nine for 57. While Jarek McKinnon, who's their actual backup and w- who started in place of Mostert when he got hurt the first time, had three touches for negative one yards. What? <laughs> what what is that stat line and why did you not tell me he wasn't really going to play before i started him in fantasy this week <sighs> i mean basically if they start a running back just start whoever that guy is i don't care who he is just start him yeah but they don't tell you ahead of time it's stupid just just roster all of them and you're bound to hit really really well in one of them i know that's awful fantasy advice don't do that yeah but listen the way that works is if he goes for like 30 points and the other guys, three running backs, all go for 10. It's a wash. Right. So I think you win out that way. <laughs> that might actually be great fantasy advice. Uh, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Right. This is why we bring you on the show. Yeah, accidentally stumbling into the genius. That's called that, that. falling headfirst into some genius, my man. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know who impressed me in this game? Uh, that rookie Brandon Ayuk looks every bit is explosive and what they expected of him coming out of Arizona state. Yes. I mean, if, if, if hurling a man into the end zone three weeks ago on Monday night football, wasn't enough to tell you about his athleticism, uh, you know, leading the team six catches for 115 yards, averaging 20 yards a catch. And he is really, really good after the catch. Yeah. Whether it be jet sweeps, end around screens, whatever, get the ball in his hands and just start the camera and just watch him roll. Who do you think they're going to start next week in New England against the Bills? Because, like, looking at these two stat lines, Cam Newton, 9 for 15 for 98 and three picks, or Jarrett Stidham, 6 for 10 for 64 and a pick? I mean, honestly, I think I think they go back to Cam. It's kind of the reason. I don't think that, that Jarrett Stidham is your future there. Um, I think it's just – I think it has to be Cam Newton. You, you know what the other guy is, I feel like. You do the best we can. Cam gives you the, the best chance to win the biggest upside. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially all joking aside, um, I think his mobility could spell some issues for our 
somewhat struggling defense at times. Mm -hmm. So that could be interesting to see. Although, you know, he throws a couple more picks and I think it's going to be the Jarek, the, the Stidham show, or, you know, you might see, um, I don't know. Who's the third stringer over there. Let's go find out. Hold on. Uh, Brian Hoyer. Is it? I think so. That's just my brain going Hoyer. It is, in fact, Brian Hoyer. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brain. That was just somewhere out of left field there. I just My mouth just spit it out. You know what's interesting is I, I pulled up the ESPN depth chart, and on their starting offense, in true true Bill Belichick fashion, one, two, three, four, five, six, six starters have the questionable designation. All, six starters on offense. And eight over eight of... 22 have the questionable designation they also like i mean this is just littered with like injury designations like uh man likes to give you guessing you don't know who you're preparing for like damon harris questionable edelman uh questionable harry eligible or eligible questionable uh justin haran questionable shaq mason questionable justin they have justin haran just to give you it's to throw this to you ESPN has Justin Haran listed as their starting left and right tackle. That oh. might that might <laughs> legitimately be an illegal formation, yeah. or 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 that family just needs a new name to find, like a new first name to give people because uh, they're twins. They just named them the same thing, but then you know Bill Belichick's got them starting on both sides just to confuse people. And that's yeah. the main reason he got them, so he could do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't put it past him. Right. So, so coach, I got, I got a, a little former player. So I got a question for you, but this, this kind of struck me this week. And this is something that just sticks out in my head. Um, reports coming out that, you know, Gardner Minshew, Minshew mania, the mustache, um, not playing particularly well right now in Jacksonville, but there were reports of them bench of them benching Minshew and going with of all people, Mike Glennon as their starting quarterback. And my thought was why, because you think that Mike Glennon is your future or that he's going to offer you some spark to victory. Like, I don't like, why would you do, you know what I mean? Uh, there, there's something weird happening in Duval, which is the dumb County that that stupid team Duval. plays in. I hate it. It's <laughs> dumb. I'm putting Duval on the suck list for the second year in a row. It's been a while since we suck listed something, and Duval is, is so sucky. I'm suck listing them 2020 style. So there's something weird going on there because when Minshew plays well and he's throwing touchdowns, his receivers want nothing to do with celebrating with him. Like you, you watch the, you know, you watch Josh Allen score a touchdown, whether he runs it in, whether he throws it, whether like somebody on that offense is damn near tackling him to celebrate with him. Like he comes to the sidelines and guys on the defense are like doing a little dance with him on the sidelines. Gardner Minshew could make 11 dudes miss twice and drop an 80 yard dime. And the team would look like he'll go to celebrate with somebody. And he looks like, he looks like the water boy doing slap hands and everyone's just like walking by i'm going hoo, 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 yeah right like I, I don't get it i don't understand 
but there's something going on in that locker room that is not coming out yet. That is a problem. Like it, it, it just seemed odd to me. Like, you know what I mean? I look at it like, all right, this is, goes one of two ways. Either Minshew continues to not be good. Okay. You fall to the top of the draft and you have a shot at Trevor Lawrence. Who's a guy that you want anyways. You know what I mean? I, I don't know why you would go to Glennon, who's a career backup, who's never been any good. He's 30. He's clearly not your future. Just put him in for the for the sake of putting it in, that he'll he'll lose games, but but better. I don't yeah, like I wouldn't like what are you getting from that? At this point, I'd be uh tanking for Lawrence and just uh whatever, just steer into the curve at this point. Maybe maybe that's the move with starting Glennon. I don't know. That Minshew gives him too much of a chance to win. Yeah. I, it, was, it was just an odd thing. Yeah. We're uh, ra- wrapping up the uh, the rest of the week here to before I move on to week eight. The Cardinals beating the Seahawks. The, that, I'll tell you, man, that Cardinals that Cardinals team is scary. That was unbelievable. And I had picked the Seahawks in our pick in that game. And the Seahawks had the lead the entire game, except for the end. <laughs> they had the lead the whole time. The only time they didn't is when the clock said double zero in overtime. Yeah. And I mean, uncharacteristic three picks for Russell Wilson. Um, and they were bad too. I mean, not, not good. It's not like somebody made an unbelievable play. He a couple times threw right at a guy. And like, I mean, 33 for 50 for 388, three and three. He also added 84 on the ground. Um, you know, leading rusher on the team. And then Carlos Hyde right behind him at 15 for 68 and one Tyler Lockett, 200 yards and three touchdowns and nine other people touched the football, but I mean, they're pretty much irrelevant at that point. Um, I just, you look at that stat line and you're like, there's no way they lost this game. Oh, until you hear 34 for 48 for 363 and one, he then led his team in rushing 14 for 67 and another one. And everybody behind him was irrelevant otherwise because... And you know what's crazy is that game probably shouldn't have even gone to overtime if it weren't for an unbelievable defensive play, offensive defensive play by DK Metcalf. Yeah, that was disgusting. I mean, mean, a guy who a couple of weeks ago dropped the ball early on his way into the end zone. Dude, like pulling that maneuver, celebrating too quickly on a walk-in touchdown. Chases a guy down. 90 yards and stops them and they went forward and fourth down and didn't get any points like they got nothing on a 90 yard interception return yeah i mean mean, as as our good friend taylor would say uh dk metcalf not gonna stand for it i'm not gonna take that (laughs) just go to town yeah i'm I'm not i I don't want i'm not standing for your pick shit or pick six bullshit i'm coming (laughs) you're gonna run that the whole way because i learned the the, way if you don't bad things happen the best thing ever was like Buda Baker got to like the seven yard line and looked behind him and literally just went like shit. <laughs> and then tries to like stiff arm Metcalf, which had six five, two thirty-five, and Buda Baker's like five ten, one eighty-five. That didn't work. He was basically trying to stiff arm a brick wall. That's the best part about it, is DK Metcalf is a monster. He's huge. Like, and he's built like a shit hot. Like this dude, like. I feel like Terry Crews and the rock called DK Metcalf for workout tips. 
And this dude, like Buda Baker, should be walking into the end zone, and he looks behind him and just sees this man child just like behind him. Like, oh, I fucked up. Like the, the ridiculous thing about Metcalf is that people who are that big are not supposed to be that fast. Do you know what I mean? Like people yeah. who are six four two thirty five don't run four three forties. He does. And no big deal. I, I mean, it's just it's and, insane. So it, this sparked the conversation in a Facebook group that I'm in of whether or not DK Metcalf, if he were to cut some of his size, could potentially like make the Team USA track team as a sprinter. Uh, his top speed was like 22 point something. Miles and an hour, right? Like somebody replied with uh, Usain Bolt's top speed is 27.3 miles an hour. And they're like, okay, Usain Bolt is a freak and the fastest man alive. I'm right. not saying, do you think DK Metcalf could be the fastest man alive? I'm saying you <laughs> right. make an Olympic team. Right. He's, which, not, he's not beating him in a race. We're just saying he's really fast. We're saying he wouldn't look totally outclassed running near him. but yeah that was that play was insane and the fact that like that play was insane and it i mean like if you don't make that play again you don't even go to overtime so right i mean it changed the entire out i don't say the entire outcome but like the momentum swung i mean that was an unbelievable play by buddha who two weeks ago had zero career interceptions and now he's got two in back-to-back weeks um, and, and they would have been pick sixes, both of them, two for two. Yes, right. Yep. And so he would have had two picks for two touchdowns, and instead he got two picks and no touchdowns, which is just uh, – it's insane. I mean, and really, he's that, – that's that's best on best right there. You want to talk about two of the best 23-year-olds in all of football? Buda Baker and DK Metcalf got to be close to the top of the list. No kidding. Those those two are going to be fun to watch for years. Exactly. Um, rounding out the Monday night game, the god-awful five-and-two Bears – just looking like a god awful football team. I mean, pedestrian game, seven nothing after one, ten three after two, and then the Rams put up fourteen, and then I mean, just look at like Nick Foles, twenty eight for forty for two sixty one and two picks. Um, that that had to be a defensive touchdown, I would think, right? For them, yeah, they had uh, they were getting blanked most of the game, and they did uh, the cutesy tootsy jet sweep with Robert Woods and uh, Eddie Jackson. I don't know if he caused it, I don't remember, but he definitely he scooped, they fumbled it, and they blew him up in the backfield and ran it in for a touchdown. Okay, they were like the, the Rams were on their own ten, so he only had to run like ten yards. But that's like right because that that's the one thing that the stats don't don't show me here is uh, they show me interceptions, sacks, and tackles. Uh, they don't show me anything else but uh so some of those stats are in there somebody got a sack or a tackle for a loss of robert woods in the backfield and he coughed the ball up and then maybe jackson ran it for a touchdown yeah and i mean then you know jared goff 23 for 33 for 219 in a pair you know as as for our discussion the bears defense not so bad (laughs) right on the other hand not not great yeah like again the bears defense is the only reason they're relevant again they beat Tom Brady and his offense, which I, I last last thing on this week, uh, because we got to move forward here because we're, you know, we t- we said we wouldn't talk for an hour and a half and here we are. But uh, <laughs> Peyton Manning basically said like they, they asked Peyton, like, what did you like? What do you attribute 
Tom's slow start to this year. And he said, I'm pretty sure that when Tom Brady broke into that dude's house on accident, part of the deal for him not pressing charges was that he got to call plays for the first five weeks. (laughs) And now Tom is calling plays and it looks different. And I'm like, I don't like that Peyton's giving him credit, but okay, that's funny. <laughs> I, I think I think they're good buddies. I think that a rivalry for years, right? I think they are secretly BFS. I think that's how they roll. Yeah, I just I just don't see Peyton wearing UGG boots and mouth kissing his kids. But no, one hundred percent. That's not how people do those things. I, yeah, nothing. Maybe, maybe that's cool in Tampa because Florida's a weird place. But you know, any if we do have any any listeners in Florida, feel free to come on the show and bash the shit out of me because I've just been talking all kinds of crap about Florida today. Jacksonville like, fans, no, I'm from Tampa. It's fine. We're not from Duval. Yeah, Jacksonville fans need up need not apply. Your county is dumb. But uh, so starting the week eight preview, um, the Panthers should spot the Falcons about 14 points in the first and have them right where they want them to beat them by 20. Yeah, and that's probably about how that's going to look, to be honest with you. You know what? It's interesting because I think the Falcons, despite still losing, have looked better in recent weeks. Um, yes. So change of coach, change of scenery. All of a sudden, things start to look a little better. Like, you know, the the Texans didn't look so bad after the Bill O'Brien firing, and the Falcons have looked better after the Dan Quinn firing. It's. I mean, they're they're a very. There, it's an ugly one in six because again, how many fourth quarter leads are you going to blow? Yep. But I mean, they're the second highest scoring team in their division behind the Bucks. I mean, they they don't play defense. They um, another team that was. I mean, both safeties were hurt at one point. Both all three starting corners were hurt at one point. I mean, they their secondary has been limping around here for a while. The only team in the NFC that has given up more points than the Falcons is the Cowboys. Which is crazy considering the Cowboys came back and beat the Falcons on that crazy last second uh-huh. play in week two, I want to say. Uh-huh. Yeah, the uh, the Falcons have given up 207 on the year, and the Cowboys have given up a mighty 243. Um, the Falcons have given up more than the Jets, but not more than the Browns or the Texans. What a, what a, what a weird year. I, it's, it's, it's definitely crazy. I, I think they're going to start addressing those things. I mean, if you told me that by the end of this year that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones don't play for the Falcons anymore, I, I don't know if I believe it, but it also wouldn't surprise me either. Like, I don't really think they're going to go anywhere, but yet on the flip side, they're not, they're not helping you win right now. <laughs> so it's like, strike while the iron's hot in the trade, I guess. Right. Uh, the Packers are going to just have their way with the Vikings. Uh, you know what? We we think that. And just because you said yeah, that, just because, um, listen, Justin I, Jefferson's going to have 190 yards and three scores, and they're going to win, and that's just going to happen. I I, every, I feel like every time I say that, the game at least ends up close. So It's the black kiss of death. So, I mean, just it's tell me the Bills are going to lose, and they'll probably win. So let's just roll that one. That's <sighs> yeah, I mean, listen, at this point, if me saying that is almost as bad as Taylor's lock of the week. <laughs> so... Um, Titans Bengals that should not be a terrific game although I'm intrigued to see what Burrow does against that defense I think that could be a, a great game I mean that's a couple of AFC teams duking it out I mean the Titans are not trying to lose back-to-back games and the Bengals don't want to be one and five forever so they're gonna try like hell to yeah to win. but I mean the, the the problem is the Bengals don't have an offensive or a defensive lineman at all 
Like they're, they're, so you tell me that Jadavion Clown is going to have a good game? Probably. That'd probably be a safe bet if I were a betting man, which thank God I'm not because I'm not very good at it. Although, again, hot hot takes all over the place this year, hitting hitting like friggin' crazy. Um, the Chiefs uh, lock of the week are going to destroy the Jets. We thought that about Buffalo last week, so I mean, maybe the Jets I, give them a run for their money. I said what I said. It sounds like a trap game for Vegas. Everybody bets the Chiefs, and then the Jets win. <laughs> that's, that's how Vegas keeps all their money. I understand that. Uh, the Colts Lions game should be good. Um, you know, Philip Rivers playing for his kids, all 37 of them. Um, I hear his Matt, kids are going to start being receivers and tight ends for the team soon, that they're all growing up now. He, he, he is on pace to be the first ever uh, quarterback to be able to throw a touchdown pass to his own son who's on the same team. There you go. And the following year, throw a pick six to his <laughs> other son who's a defensive back. But, uh, or Philip Rivers. I, I, I want Matthew Stafford to do more this year, and it bothers me that he's not. Although I do like that uh, Mr. Swift has come on as of late because he makes me look very smart having taken him in three of three fantasy leagues. Uh, that, which is ballsy. You were putting all your eggs in one basket there. You know, it, it just happened to be where he fell to me in the rounds. Like, I'm looking, I'm like, well, I mean, he's going to be the starter there. He's going to get some touches, and, you know, it's either take a starter or someone's backup and – you know, unless that backup's name was Kareem Hunt, we're right. not really worth it. So, and and I I think I agree with you on the Stafford thing. I mean, last year he was on an absolute tear. Um, he only played half a season, but he had twenty five hundred yards and nineteen touchdowns. I mean, he was on pace for five thousand yards and forty touchdowns, and he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think people kind of anticipated him coming back and going crazy again, and it has just not been the case this year. Well, I mean, he's, it's not like he's ever been a slouch. Like he's, he's never, he's never been that. I mean, he's yardage and completion wise only because the Lions are always losing football games. Right. It's just, he's always throwing the football. He's always throwing for 300, 400 yards and two to three, you know, between two and four touchdowns. And, you know, he just hasn't been that guy this year. And. That's our interesting franchises, guys who have had maybe the greatest running back of all time one of the greatest receivers of all time. You know what I mean? Like having guys like Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford and you know what I mean? Like, and just, and just no championships, no, no winning, win. no games, nothing. Like, and not even, not even no championships, like no, no playoffs. Right. Like when's, not a game. When, when is the last time the Lions made the playoffs? A couple of years ago. I want to say they were like 11 and five, but I think they lost in the first round. It was 2016. Um, they lost the wild card, card round. Boom. There's our brain again. I th- look at you. Listen, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. <laughs> Newsflash. Blind squirrel finds a nut. Uh, the Steelers. I watch is right twice a day. I think I'm good. The, the, the Steelers-Ravens game is going to be a good one. That's going to probably, uh, depending on what the other 4 o'clock games are, let's see i think that that's my game of the week right there like if all the teams all the games that are remaining here like that one's yeah so usually for those of you playing the home game uh when we pick our when we do our pickums, um we usually do the, the the three primetime games the bills game and then whatever time like whatever time slot the bills game isn't at so like bills are usually at one o'clock so then we pick a four o'clock game the chargers broncos niners seahawks and saints bears do not sound like fun games to pick 
So I'm going to leave the Steelers Ravens up for debate on our picks. And we're not really going to cover that one. All I'm going to say is it's going to be a good game. And I feel like you agree with me. Oh yeah. I think that's probably the most, if you told me that was the most watched game of the week, I'm, well, yeah, that makes sense. That, that's, that's, I mean, that, that's probably going to be the one o'clock, like the, the, the game of the week at one o'clock. I would, I would, I would guess. Yeah. I would love to on CBS. Did we get to listen to Tony Romo? I would love to see the Rams beat the Dolphins. And I think it's going to happen solely because the Dolphins are starting to. It'll be interesting. I mean, it's the kids first start and I, I, you know what? I I feel bad for Fitzpatrick. That's all you said. You felt bad for the Cowboys. I feel bad for Fitz. No kidding. He was rolling there. I think that team like believed in him. I think those were like his guys. He took all the reps. He was the head of the quarterback room and they did all the, the game film and everything else in this weird COVID year of like scheduling um, random team practices, like at local high schools and whatever early on. And, and now they're just like, Hey man, sorry. Tua. Oh, okay. I mean, never, never before has the meme of man, how you get fired on your day off? Like (laughs) been more relevant because he got fired after a win going into a bye, and like, uh, like a heart, like a a 24, nothing. You won a game 24, nothing against a division rival. And they like, and you, you watch this dude come out his first nap since, and not his first nap. Was it his first nap? Yeah. It was his first nap since like shattering his femur. Yeah. uh, His hit. Yeah, whatever it was. Broke his pelvis. And like, and the dude comes out and looks like, you know, two hand or what was it? A handoff and two, two short passes. Uh, Yeah. Two two for two for nine yards. I mean, he didn't do anything. And like, I'm sorry, but like, I've heard for, I've heard forever about this rocket arm that this dude has. And those two passes look like changeups. I felt like I was watching Nate Peterman, not trying to get pick six left and right. And I just, you know, Fitz is on the sidelines, super pumped for the dude because he's on the field. He's taking his first NFL snaps. And then you show up on Monday and you're like, wait, what do you mean I'm not the starter anymore? Like, because like, that guy didn't beat me. Like, at this like point, you, you're just going to see what the guy has. Right. Like, you, like, you guys, you guys know that I won that game. Like, you, like, we had, we scored 24, not them. <laughs> like, right. Handedly, might I add. Yeah. We're just chilling second place in the division right now. No big deal. So, like, this is where I need the Rams to do cool Ram things and beat the Tua-led Dolphins because, like. Tua, to his first game, he's going to get introduced to Aaron Donald. Good luck to you, young man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, Godspeed. God he he I mean, makes older, better quarterbacks look foolish. So, I, I mean, and that, that Rams defense is no slouch. Like, they have, they have players. So, I'm, I mean, nothing like a trial by fire. And a, a, a Dolphins loss there definitely looks good for the Bills. You know, not that I think we're going to need the room in the division race, but having more room in the division race is never a, never a bad thing. So we come out, we beat the Patriots, which, you know, I think, I mean, the Patriots just got, just got the ball run down their throat. I think it would be interesting for us to try to run the football more. I don't think and, we're going and not to with Josh Allen. I don't need more QB draws and all these and like stop running with the man. Cause he's going to take one hit and he's going to go down and that's going to be the end of that. It's, you know, I, I'm not upset by it being an occasional thing, but I need it to be an occasional thing where it gets 10 to 12 yards and he gets out of bounds. 
not like like a we caught him off guard thing like a a you know i don't think you're ever going to see him pull the daniel jones like read option where he's just gone because people key on him to run the football because they know he's a threat but like i i just don't want to see him. i want to see my quarterback run i think it's a weapon for us i think it's a you know a use useful tool i just don't think it needs to be i what we did with it last game i think is about what you need it to be uh, not taking the big hits you know and you, you just keep grilling them protect the football and get your ass either down or out of bounds because the last I agree thing you, we- it's, it's it's certainly a good weapon um unfortunately it only takes one <laughs> i mean that's it's football yeah. and anything can happen on any play but i guess i, I feel like you're deliberately putting him in harm's way yeah just i mean just ask Dak and dalton like deck decks you know making a good play and going to get extra yards and his leg is in fucking nine pieces right now. And, you know, Dalton doing the smart thing and protecting himself and a guy takes a cheap shot and damn near knocks his head off. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the less we have to see that, the better I'm going to be. Um, I'm also intrigued to see the Raiders Browns game because again, I'm intrigued to see what the Browns are. And I think the Raiders are a little bit better than generally given credit for. So I think they're enjoying Las Vegas. They've been, they've been playing well this season. Although, you know, I think a lot of, again, coaching can't be understated. I think I like John Gruden a lot as a coach. I think he's a very good, good, good teacher. And uh, I mean, Gruden's QB camp was like my favorite part of the off season. <laughs> so I think he's been doing good things with Derek Carr. Well, and you know, he's, he's that guy that like, it took a minute to get some of the fluff out of there. And some of the guys that weren't going to really track with him. Mm-hmm. kind of like let them sort themselves out because he he is a little old school you know and some guys don't don't do well with that but you know he's he's got them playing some good football and i think this is going to be a better game that people are going to you know maybe give it credit for on paper for sure uh the chargers broncos game should not be pretty i know it should not um i, I don't i don't really care like the the Saints Bears game, I mean, this could be the least I could care about two teams that are, I mean, five shocking for an NFC playoff spots. <laughs> yeah, five and two and four and two, and I just don't care because I mean, the Saints are not the Saints of old, and the Bears. I mean, we've said it two or three times are defensively sound and boring as shit on offense because they're just not very good. Because your answer for Mitch Trubisky was Nick Foles. Who's marginally better, maybe. Right. It's the nicest thing I can say. Like, when Nick Nick Foles gets hot, he can play some decent football. But you better hope he's hot all year because that's what you're asking him to do right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stout Niners running game against the stout Seahawks passing game should be fun. Well, that'll be interesting to see whose defense doesn't show up more. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, like, right. You know what I mean? Like who whose defense stayed on the bus? Because that game could be 55-50 in any anybody's favor. Fun question. How am how are three of the four teams playing between Sunday and Monday night in the NFC East? How have um, these games not been flexed? George just lucky, I guess. I don't know, but there's so many better games. I mean, how does like Pittsburgh Baltimore not get flexed at any primetime period? But instead we got to watch Ben Danucci. Danucci, Danucci. Ben, ben Danucci. <laughs> go up against the Eagles on Sunday night football. 
And then we get to watch Daniel Jones fall down against Tom Brady in the box on Monday Night Football. Oh, my God. Again, that is not going to be a good game. That game is going to be a shit show. I like. I don't want to say it because I don't want to see Tom Brady do well, but I want to see Tom <laughs> Brady throw for 500, 500 yards and just make the Giants. Like, again, I think the Giants and the Jets should do a thing where they just split Trevor Lawrence next year. And right, he just stays whoever, in Metlay Field the whole time. Yeah, he doesn't travel. Whoever, whoever's got the home game. And guess what? If the Jets play at one and the Giants play at eight twenty, well, you got two games today, buddy. Right. Don't get hurt. So it, I mean, it, that, it can only help them both get better, right? Like they couldn't possibly get worse having a guy play two football games in one day. I mean, it's like uh, the best part is picking a winner of the Cowboys Eagles game is going to be tough. Because they're both bad. Neither team is good. I mean, teams that play in New Jersey have one win total. (laughs) Just tell you all you need to know. Uh, It's just ugly. The whole thing's ugly. Every primetime game, like the the Sunday and Monday night games are just hideous. And I don't want to talk about them anymore. Like, I mean, I hate to break it to you, man, but Patriots Jets play next Monday night. It's not getting better. Oh, what the (laughs) hell? Although Saints, Saints, Bucks on Sunday night, that's pretty good next week. So we'll have a really nice conversation next week about primetime football, but only Sunday. We'll just forget Monday happens. You know, sometimes you got to forget about Mondays. Yep. Football ends for us on Sunday next week. Apparently. Football ends at 425 for me this week. There you go. Although I'm, I might want to watch that Cowboys-Eagles game just to tweet about it and make fun of it. So we'll see. Got to tap the, 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 the Twitter machine. Yeah, stay, stay tuned for that because that could be fun. But – uh I think that's about it for this week, man, my man. I think uh, I think we covered it all. I think we hit a lot of bases here. And uh, anything else for the good of the order? Oh, man, good to go. A pleasure as always. Well, you know, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. And like I said, it's a lot more fun to not have to talk to myself for an hour. <laughs> and, uh, you know, guys, thanks for tuning in. And as always, this has been a another episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. It is a podcast on the bicbp-radio.com network check us out along with all of our brother and sister podcasts over there anything and everything you could possibly want from sports to lifestyle to just goofiness weirdness and all kinds of fun things in between thanks for tuning in austin thanks for having us and on behalf of all of us here at hats tats and stats i am easy d and we are out